Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. What's up, what's up, what's up, Chad? It's Saturday, it's 7 p.m. Eastern, that means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up, episode 101. We're, of course, doing the the show live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. We've got chat standing by to chime in on everything we're going to be talking about today, and boy, do we have some stuff to talk about today. If you're watching on YouTube on readycheckradio.com or listening on iTunes, uh, Audible, Spotify, any of that stuff, thank you so much. While you're there, give it a like, a subscribe, uh, turn on those notifications, write a review, put in the comments, everything that feeds the algorithm. But most importantly, if you like what we do here, tell a friend, bring them by live. I've got the site up, readycheckradio.com, right there on your screen. You can head there if you need to know where all of our socials are. And if you want to check out the backlog of this show, all 100 previous episodes, and the uh, Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast that airs every Thursday. I'm Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, your host. And joining me today to hang out and chat, Mr. Troy Blackburn, the noob fridge himself. What's up, boss? I'm just here to console Yod this week. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> yeah, Yod, uh, resident artist of Ready Check Radio, also on the line, sent me a little message yesterday that said, uh, hey... <laughs> I assume I'm on the show this Saturday, and I was like, you're right, buddy. You're right. Only took 101 episodes to get here. <laughs> it's, it's a big one for you today. How, how you doing, big guy? I, I, mean, I mean, I'd rather hear good stuff coming out from yeah. the game I love to hate yeah. and hate to love, yeah. but we do have... That's not the world we live about. in. It is not. <laughs> it, is, it is definitely not, That's... and it's a shame is not the world we live in. So, yeah, what are we talking about? Well, we all know on this show... Do you want to give us the basics, or yeah, do you just want... Yeah, Yod is, you know, a Destiny 2 fan. He has loved Destiny 2 from launch day. Destiny, original Destiny player, big supporter of the franchise, big supporter of Bungie, was very happy when Bungie got freed from Activision, We'll circle back on that thought in a few minutes uh, and, and see if we still agree with that decision. Um, but this has not been a week for Bungie fans, nor Destiny 2 fans, nor Destiny 2 uh, slash Bungie employees. No. And, it's, and, yeah, yeah, a bit rough. So kind the, of... Let me yeah, catch the, people up, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Go we're we're going to go through some minutia stuff. But to catch you up and just give you the core, if you haven't been following this, early this week, we started hearing rumors that Bungie was laying off employees. And so as we dig into it, obviously, you know, Troy and I work over at MMOBomb.com, so we're kind of following it. We're reaching out to contacts, trying to get comments, see if it's real, all the usual stuff, right? We're hearing rumors that Bungie employees are being laid off. And it turns out that, yes, Bungie employees were being laid off. And we didn't know the scope. Nobody was really saying anything publicly from Bungie. We weren't getting replies to anything. We did see, you know, uh, Bungie's head tweet out you know, the vague platitudes about people being let go. Now, unfortunately, yeah. this is a uh, common occurrence in the gaming industry also, typically around this time of year, as companies are getting ready to finish off financial years and want to go into the next year with a good report card for shareholders if they're publicly traded and stuff like that. So it's not unusual that people were being laid off, but the way it went down was really bizarre because people just started tweeting that they were being laid off. Bloomberg right. and Forbes and a number of people that I'm going to source here uh, throughout this conversation we're finding out bits of information from employees, and it really wasn't only until like 36, 48 hours later that we finally got an official announcement from or a post from Bungie. 
Now, as right. part of this, too, we also found out that the upcoming expansion for Destiny 2, The Final Shape, previously slated to be released in February, has now been pushed back till June. So out of this financial year for Bungie, something I'm sure Sony isn't exactly thrilled with, and their next project, Marathon, was pushed out of 2024 entirely. Again, yeah. we rolled for about 48 hours, Troy, with no confirmation uh, from Bungie directly on that stuff. But it did turn out being true. We're going to pause right there in the story, Yod, and I'm <laughs> going to let you go. How, as a Bungie, as a Destiny 2 fan, how were you seeing right. this news come out? And what were you thinking as it's rolling out? So, as, as a fan... Just, just the fan with like you know, no, no hint into industry stuff, nothing on the artist side or anything like that. <clears throat> the the fact that the rumors that the expansion would be pushed back is mixed. Because on one hand, it could have been that they wanted to do some more polish work on it, which is fine. On the other hand, it might say that it's not ready to be released. Which, what the hell have you been doing for the past year? You know, um. But with everything involved, as you know, as you know, as I know, as we all know, you know, we have a little bit of inside knowledge with friends in the industry and little back channels and whatever that we we get snippets of news from. Th this is a shit situation for the staff. Yeah. I, I mean, at this point in time, we know that about around 100 employees have been let go. Yeah, it ended up being about 8%. Right. And the social media staff that got let go, part of me is like, that's a little understandable. They've been fucking up for the past year, you know? <laughs> <laughs> There's been like some major mis missteps in their social media and their marketing team that, that should have been handled better. So that staff is kind of like, okay. But then you start hearing about like the composer that's been there since before Destiny. The the devs, the 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 designers, the uh, coders, all that stuff. Some of those, like I said, that have been there since before Destiny One. These are guys that have a lot of clout, guys and girls that you know have a lot of knowledge into the game and how it works and the ins and outs of storyline and stuff like that. Whatever department they're in, and if you're letting those people go, what the heck is going on there? Because like. These people are people that have made the game what it is. Yeah, It's made the game what people enjoy. Granted, the last expansion wasn't exactly what people wanted. It, it was The concept was good. The execution, not so much. Yeah, actually, since basically Lightfall, right? There's been right. rumblings about every single bit of content that comes right. out, whether it's an expansion, right. whether it's new ways to sell things and stuff right. being added to the uh, Eververse and, and the cash shop, and the fact that all of the expansions still have to be purchased, something we've kind of talked about right. on this show before, that it's like, why aren't the first one or two at least free with the, the free version of Destiny at this point? Right. At, at this point in time, things like then, um, some of the things that they've sunset technically or whatever, or the things yeah. right right after that stuff that you can still kind of access now. And and they vaulted stuff, right? You right. know, that was a right. controversial decision, Troy, where right. some of the content you actually purchased is now gone, and maybe it'll come back in some type of cycle, and some of it has here and mm -hmm. there, but that you still don't have access to things you previously had access for when you paid for it. PvP has been a fire, uh, on Destiny's side for a while now, uh, leading to them creating a PvP strike force, which kind of made us on a right. show go, didn't you already have a PvP team? Uh, like, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean yeah. you have a PvP strike force? So it hasn't been all sunshine and roses. And then oh, no. Sony bought them, Troy, uh, mainly for their ability for their like community live service back-end capabilities, but I'm sure they expected Destiny to continue to make money in the process. We kind of thought on this show that Sony overpaid for Bungie. We also found out at the time there was like $1.2 billion in that buyout, earmarked for retention of employees. 
Like they did not want these people to leave after it was bought. And we're going to circle back because yeah. it's yeah. not that, Sony making the layoffs yeah. here. Yeah, that's part of the shittiness going on there. Um, with, with with the retention process, and and that that's one of the other things is this: people are like, well, Sony just you know bought the company for X amount of money. Shouldn't they have enough money to go around for everything? And it's like the shareholders got that money. The employees didn't. Troy, uh, not a good situation as the week was unfolding. What were your thoughts as we watched it and weren't getting answers? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's an unfortunate situation, of course, to see people lose their jobs. And it's... And initially, it's it's sort of that uh, that uh, that devastation of oh man, here we go again. It's before the holidays. We're doing the typical cuts, and we gotta chase that uh, perpetual. We're always growing BS marketing crap. Um, then it turned into you know as as more and more started coming out, what a dire situation the company was actually in. And from an outside outsider looking in, not a fan of Destiny, uh, just somebody who admires the game and you know appreciates those who do like the game. I, I was I was beginning to worry about the longevity of the game itself, uh, along with the the you know the future of the folks who are losing their jobs. Yeah, and we don't obviously everybody lose lost their job. I've been there, I've been laid off. I, Troy, I know you've been laid off. Yad, I don't know if you've ever ever have or not. Um, yeah. It's not fun, yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously, and we hope they land on their feet. And yes, this stuff does happen. So there is a certain aspect. When you look at this type of thing, and I see Takal saying it in chat that, yeah, this is kind of business as usual. In 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 a few regards, you're not wrong, right? You're coming to the end of a financial year. You want to trim the balance sheet. You look at what is more expendable, because I don't think anybody's truly expendable. But where can we afford some cuts here and there, particularly if we splurged and spent it's weird seeing them for something like Destiny, who is months, well, was a few months away from actually launching an expansion, right? Typically, you would see this after the expansion right. launched because you have a surplus of devs that you don't need uh, right. once the expansion launches. Where it gets a little even murkier and, oh my God, what is this company doing? Were the things we found out after the first 24 hours. Huge credit to Jason Schreier over at uh, Bloomberg and Paul Tassi at Forbes for getting some information from pe- from their uh, some from people being let go. The layoffs apparently came from bu- from Bungie, not Sony. This wasn't like Sony rolling in and getting rid of a bunch of Bungie heads and putting their own Sony heads in their in their place. Right. And the employees that are left don't blame Sony right. for these decisions. The employees were let go. On October 30th. Yeah, that sucks. Being let go, the way things were structured for them, meant that they had health insurance through the end of the month that they were let go. Meaning, they had health insurance on Halloween. Yep. And then they got to go do Cobra or whatever. Mm -hmm. Most of the employees, too, had unvested shares from the Sony purchase. But that just happened a year ago. So none of those shares were actually vested enough for the employees to extract them. They didn't fully own them yet. You have to work for a period of time, usually a couple of years for 401k and shares to vest and things like that. And that meant when they leave, even if they were fired, the shares that they had reverted back to Bungie. So Bungie gained shares of its own stock by laying off employees that did not even remotely have a chance to work long enough to vest those shares. Yeah. And most of them that were fired found out that morning when they couldn't log into emails and stuff like that. Managers didn't know who was going to be let go from their own damn teams. They weren't even told about who was going to be going. There was no chance to say goodbye to fellow coworkers or any of that stuff. And then it just continued to get worse, Yad. It got yeah, worse from there. It did. Yeah, this is. I mean, you, you let go of these people at that point. They can't. They can't get what they're owed. Because I mean, let's face it. They stayed on because they were offered those stocks. Let alone the fact that it's a a day away from you know the end of the month. So you know you you're screwing them in two ways, and and you just like. 
you you look at the, what's going on and the, the excuses they give because let's face it they're excuses it's like oh we we didn't make a certain percentage projection that that's one of the things that annoys the hell out of me about a lot of american game company actually a lot of companies in general is that their projections and stuff it's not a graph of projections it's it's a line that goes up that's their projection profits go up profits go up they can't come down they can't flatten off they gotta go up so they're they're missing was it 45 percent of the projection yeah we're gonna get to that in a second right. because after we saw this go down like it was what wednesday i think troy yeah that, that we finally got a, a or thursday that we finally got a post from the bungee team uh that they made sure we we know we've lost a lot of your trust oh really you think yeah <laughs> you think so oh, it's gone <laughs> we, we we thought blizzard blew it to pieces no <laughs> there's no. There, there's the fan telling you right there you didn't lose part of our trust you, you've lost all of my trust yeah what what yeah, else did the statement have to say about what they were gonna head off and and do troy you don't have it in front of you i don't have it in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> busted uh, <laughs> to us the path forward is clear we need to make the final shape an unforgettable destiny experience not wrong they do right yeah yeah we we want to build something that will be regarded alongside the best games we've ever made a fitting culmination that honors the journey we've been on together for the past 10 years forsaken the witch queen the taken king generally believed to be their most popular and well-received expansions these are the standard bears we aim to live up to. We are intensely focused on exceeding your expectations for the final shape. Destiny 2 has more than 650 dedicated teammates pouring all of their energy and expertise into delivering this epic moment and its subsequent episodes. Yod, I we've heard from internal employees that the final shape is good, but it's not right. great. Right. And that's what they want to do with this delay is to make it great but we've also heard concerns that even those employees with the extra time feel like this is still going to lead to crunch apparently things like the right. matchmaking mm -hmm. that was announced to us before the devs were even told it was going to be a thing and yeah, they're, they've had huge challenges with pulling it off right shitty communication yeah because the the um the matchmaking stuff like for raids and higher higher tier stuff that you know you got to communicate with your team members on that uh, the it was to be an in-game matchmaking system, and it's it's supposed to launch next season, which is you know in a week or two. But apparently, it's I'm gonna guess it's not gonna happen because it's it's just yeah it's it's shitty. Yeah, this it, this current season, by the way, has to be extended, and they're not sure exactly what they're gonna do. But they said there's gonna be an event of some not, type. Not this current season. This current season. The next one. Season, yeah, season 22, this current season, ends in about a week. Season 23 is, yeah, it's got to be extended. They're going to try to put something in there, but they don't uh, They don't have enough time to throw anything together that's even the size of, uh, <clears throat> of the 30th anniversary thing, which was a six-man event, you know, rotating event-type deal, and a dungeon. That's all it really was with a bunch of different armor stuff. And they don't even have time time enough to throw that together. So yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> it got worse. No, it did. <laughs> like, it, it, it really did. <laughs> Troy just sipping a drink, <laughs> just taking a sip. Oh my god! So here's additional just snippets, uh, Troy, and I want your take on this first one. Uh, initially, Forbes reported that management said that other levers were looked at to avoid layoffs. Pretty typical. When employees asked if one lever was executive compensation, they were told no and that it would not happen at the company. Now, Bungie did really reach out to Forbes after they saw that published to provide a little bit of information. They said mm -hmm. post-publication, Bungie responded to Forbes saying that CEO Pete Parsons and some other executives had already previously forfeit annual bonuses before the layoffs but staff was not informed that they had done so until yesterday. The sum total of those bonuses they forfeited is not clear, but notice that's their bonuses. We also found out as part of this 
that they were about to miss their sales projections by 45%. That means they made slightly more than half of what they projected to make in Destiny 2 sales, microtransactions, et cetera, et cetera. So likely, a big portion of those bonuses would probably not have been paid out anyway if they were in any way tied to sales performance, and usually portions, at least, of those bonuses are. So thanks for the forfeit? Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thanks for giving up the, uh, the little to nothing you were maybe going to get. Uh, it, it's a, that's a bad look, especially initially they're told no. And then they're, then they're told, oh, well, we already did. We just didn't tell you about it. It's, it's just a bad <laughs> look. And it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well for going forward for the confidence of the still remaining employees. At least I wouldn't be confident at all that upper management is really doing everything they can to, uh, save jobs and, and all that. They're looking to just cut jobs and try to save themselves is what it looks like. Yeah, employees obviously very pissed, Yod. Uh, and they should yeah. be. Very yeah. upset with leadership. They're communicating that in meetings right now. They're saying, hey, bets were made by people in this company. Those bets didn't pay off. And those people are still here. Why? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. made the bet. Oh. It didn't go. And missing by 45 is huge. That's huge. And they're, and they're saying, hey, the projections weren't like ridiculously out of range or illogical. They were somewhat logical based on trend lines like you were speaking to earlier, but there has been a real damaging drop post Lightfall in terms of player engagement and spending with Lightfall itself selling very well. But, but since then, but, no. And nobody so, is blaming Sony for this. And interestingly, director Joe Blackburn is not really mm -hmm. considered to be part of the corporate culprits as Paul Tassie right. puts it here. Right, because they like um, I'm I'm assuming Blackburn kind of looks at things kind of like uh, Yoshi P over at Fi uh, Final Fantasy XIV and you know Square Enix, where it's like okay your your expansion launches yeah there's gonna be an uptick, but then as things go on as the season goes on, engagement's gonna drop a bit. But you know, go ahead, go and play your other games and stuff, and let us win you back with the next set. You know the next the next opening or the next expansion and stuff like that. That type of mentality, which is what you have to expect on games like live service games and and MMOs and stuff like that, because it's gonna go in waves. It can't be a constant hill climb on on, on your expectations of engagement and money. It, it's got to be an up and down thing. And so, I'm, I mean, I don't know their numbers. I don't know their projections. I don't claim to. But seeing as how most of corporate America works, I'm assuming their projections every year is a straight incline. It, it's it, there's no dips. It, it may be a up, you know, a drastic incline. It may, may be a slow incline, but it's still an incline, and you can't expect that every time. And the other thing I, I think about when with the whole thing with you know has any of the upper management or you know the the uh, ceo and all those people taken any hits of their own i i gotta think back to the old nintendo ceo the the one the japanese guy that passed away yeah sataru iwata yes where he took a 50 percent cut in his own pay because as a ceo you're making a massive amount of money as it is yeah as you part of that by need... the way remember shigeru miyamoto also took a pay cut about 30 percent right. yeah right you don't need that much money on average as a person you've already accumulated a massive amount of wealth by the time you're ceo let the people underneath you have their jobs it's, you know, support them to make a better product so your company can make a better profit. Yeah. And so I'm not like I, I have a very business mind, right? Like right. layoffs are an unfortunate part of most businesses. Right. Um, particularly if businesses that aren't run well. And that's something we're going to come back to in a second here, Troy, mm. not being run well. Because there is a, a tendency to, I'm very short-staffed, let me pump up the staff, and then six months later, well, god damn, I'm, like, overstaffed now. I need to, like, <laughs> you, you have to have good management in general. But mm -hmm. still, layoffs may naturally, unfortunately, be a part of certain right. businesses in certain cycles in certain times. I am in no way advocating that if you're getting $22 million as a CEO, 
that you should, hey, uh, we gotta, we're just, we're bloated. We have redundancies. Like Sony bought us and now we have some redundancies. I'm gonna take a pay cut just to make sure those people have a job. While that might be the altruistic and, and you know, uh, help you sleep at night move to make for somebody, and I can appreciate that. From a business perspective, I totally get why you wouldn't be looking at CEOs to take pay cuts to keep redundant employees on board right. and stuff. Like there are things you have to do to run a business. But when the management has been the problem, when it is the problem, right? when the bets the management takes aren't the ones that pay off, and you have a staff of employee that doesn't seem to be redundant yet, Sony had no intention of laying off people when they came in. In fact, paid $1.2 billion to try and make sure that, hey, we could bribe everybody to stay after the buyout. Um, it should be the management that is taking the first hit. Maybe not the only hit. Maybe you can't mitigate all the layoffs. But management made the mistakes here. Management starts by paying for those mistakes. And maybe, unfortunately, the mistakes are so big that other people get caught up in it as well. But we look back a lot, Troy, and say, man, thank God that they got out from under Activision. And these all these different bad decisions over X years, we've said it on this show, Yad. We, we want to see what they're going to do after Activision. I, I'm not so sure how many of their bad decisions anymore, Troy, were Activision. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, looking back now, uh, because back in the day, we always wanted to blame Activision, blame Activision. Uh, maybe Activision was keeping them afloat because, you know, the, the mistakes that are being made now is on the management team. The ones who are making the decisions, the ones who decided to leave Activision, the ones who are running that company now, uh, obviously are making mistakes and, and not generating income that they should be generating and, and not putting out the type of content they should be putting out to retain players and to retain that economy that generates more income. Yeah, so uh, Takao, I think you might want to take a look at math. It's Takao <laughs> saying, it's simple. The company saves more money on cutting 1,000 staff salaries than cutting three boss salaries in half. That's not true, and it's not even close. Uh, so let's think about this. Bungie cut 100 jobs. Let's put every single one of them at $100,000 a year. They weren't. They weren't. There may have been right. some that were encroaching that or a little bit past that, but we're now hearing that like security teams, player security teams were impacted by this. Those are the type of, uh, there's other categories of employees that were probably making forty, fifty thousand $50,000 a year. But let's put all 100 employees at $100,000 a year, 10 million bucks for an entire year, for an entire year, $10 million. You have an executive team of 10 that's making multi-million dollars per year and each one gives up one million. You're talking about cutting their salary in half. I'm asking for them each to give one million back. Yeah. Those hundred people at a hundred thousand dollars are now paid for the entire year. So and no, they're the it, ones it doesn't. actually doing something to build the community. Even when you game. mix in salary benefits, training materials, health insurance, and things like that, it's it's not even close. It it just no. isn't. It just isn't. Um, no. That doesn't mean, again, though, I, I can respect from a business, doesn't mean they have to do it. And I don't expect them to do it. But I do expect when people make bad business decisions, Troy, that those are the ones that first suffer the consequences of those decisions. That's first, the way it should first be. First and foremost. In an <laughs> ideal should. world, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I can also appreciate to Cal's point, right? Like, none of them are going to get up and volunteer, right? Well, no. <laughs> no, nobody's going to. Yeah, yeah. The... the <clears throat> because of the way business works, yeah, none of them are going to volunteer. You're not going to have your 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 Nintendo CEO guy there. You're you're not going to have your your you know the guys that actually understand how to build a better community anymore. Because these people on the top are so disconnected from the actual gaming community that they don't know what the heck's going on in their own company, other than oh look, we're in the red. Mm -hmm. let's let's cut some of these other people here and there so that i don't have to cut anything because you know i need that other yacht or that summer mansion troy i'm gonna ask you one key question here mm. where would this company be right now if they hadn't been bought by sony <laughs> that's a scary oh thought isn't it 
Oh my god, yeah, like without that without that retention money that they spent to buy back shares that that went back to Sony, like wow, that's they they would be they would be incredibly incredibly in trouble right now because at least at the end of the day if if they were going to fold or something incredible like that Sony could step in and make that not happen at this point. Sony's got the money to make that not happen. And Sony could make the decision to fire the management if they wanted to, because they own them now. But yeah, if they were on their own, the dire straits that they're in now would look even more incredibly bad. And then Yacht, I'll give you this question as a player. Yeah. Final shape just became the be all end all for the future of destiny. Yeah. It literally just became the be all end all. If that doesn't succeed, I don't know where Destiny 2 goes. I mean, I personally I haven't I haven't pre-ordered it yet. Um normally what? yeah, normally I don't pre after everything that's happened these past few years, I don't pre-order anything until Atta we're boy. about like a week out. <laughs> so it and you know, it it, it it until it's definitely absolutely gonna happen i don't pre-order it so you know it's a it's a week out then i'll pick it up and the only reason i was asking pre-show about final fantasy 14 was if it's within time and i can swing it i might try to pick up the special edition for the wife if i can you know somehow scam one (laughs) (laughs) that's a That's a lot of eggs in one expansion basket. It is. It is. And especially with uh, them kicking Marathon to 2025, um, I don't know how they're planning on doing Marathon. I know because it's a previous um, IP IP of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. My brain was working there. (laughs) Previous IP of theirs from way back in the day, they're banking on some nostalgia to sell it. But unless they make that game really good, it it's gonna just be another PvP shooter. Um, and it's just I mean, there's so many out there already. So I don't know how they would make that one anything bigger or more individualized from other PvP shooters. Yeah. So you know, Destiny's still gonna be their major community, and I mean, when it whenever it finally comes out, because as far as I know they haven't set in stone how long it's delayed to. They The rumors are that it's still June, but I don't think they've made an official announcement. As far as I know, because I, I haven't checked today, but as far as I know, the website still says it's going to release in February. Yeah, they, they have not officially now, given those dates. Yeah, yeah. Now, now mind you, it could be that they fired their website guy and nobody knows how to log <laughs> in there right now. <laughs> but, <laughs> it's going yeah, to... Yeah, go ahead, Troy. That happened at my last job when I left. <laughs> Nobody knew how to go in and change the website. <laughs> Good yeah, Lord. so, I mean, when it's a week or so out from being released, whatever the heck that's going to be, I'll probably pick it up and I'll play through it. But that actually, depending on how that goes, might be my last destiny. Because I, I have to finish it. This is their freaking Endwalker. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's the culmination of it their really story. It, it's it's their Endwalker, so really I have is. to finish the freaking story. So if they release it, I'll pick it up. If it's you yep. know really, the reviews are really that bad, I might not buy the special edition with all the stuff for bells and whistles. But <laughs> <laughs> seems like if the reviews are bad, I'm gonna buy the basic one. <laughs> yeah, I just I want to finish. Still gonna pay you, I mean, I've, but <laughs> I've invested how many freaking years into this thing? I got to finish the story, but I mean, well, you know, after that, it's certainly one to watch. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as we get more, obviously we'll bring it to the show too. I mean, they've what, got what, what you got playing there. Yeah. So BlizzCon <laughs> BlizzCon, since we don't do snowbound as an individual show could come back, could come back. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving Activision Blizzard a chance again. Now that Microsoft purchase has been complete. I hadn't paid them money in like over two years since the California lawsuit was announced. Uh, Today I did give them $15 and immediately unsubbed uh, and was (laughs) streaming some World of Warcraft classic hardcore. I wanted to try it, but it wasn't going to give them money. 
I did that today. We're at level 10. We're still alive. So we'll see what happens from there. But BlizzCon this week, we've got Diablo 4 news, of course. That's the first expansion is going to be called The Vessel of Hatred. There's a cool trailer for that uh, if you are so inclined. Overwatch 2 is getting a new hero. Uh, actually, you can play that in like a free thing, I think this weekend or next weekend, something like that, and then right. it'll it'll launch a little later. Hearthstone's December. next expansion is Showdown in the Badlands. We already knew that, so it was just kind of like they were showing off the, the trailer and a few of the features uh, to recap the keynote here. Diablo is getting a tabletop RPG. How you feeling about that, Troy? I don't know. I'm uh, I'm intrigued a little bit. We'll we'll have to wait and see how how that shapes up. But yeah, that that caught my attention for sure. Uh, Phil Spencer made an appearance. Okay, makes sense. Warcraft Rumble. If you like mobile shit, fine, go for it. Uh, At least they didn't tell people they have phones, right? <laughs> right. Mm. Right. Uh, and then World of Warcraft. Now yeah. World of Warcraft had. A ton of news for both retail and classic. Right now, I'm showing you the next expansion to retail. Uh, and this is the War Within. But we actually got three expansions announced, Troy, for World of Warcraft. We've got the, uh, the War Within, which is supposed to come next year, sometime in 2024. The world, the second expansion in the world, so uh, world soul saga, which is kind of what they're calling this trilogy of expansions, will be called Midnight and will be going to Azeroth's old world in uh, Caltheus. And then in the third expansion, we're going to be headed uh, that one's called the law, the last titan. That's going to be the old world as well, but it's going to be like Northrend for the which you know, Wrath of the Lich King for you fans out there. So three expansions, kind of, I, I got the feeling, Troy, in the keynote, and it, boy, was it great to see Metzen on stage, right? <laughs> like the nostalgia, although he did go out there with like no hair, and you were like, wow, we're all old. <laughs> <laughs> he did have the classic Blizzard t-shirt. He did, he did. Uh, and he made some comments about age, right? Like our players right. that started <laughs> way back when, you now have kids playing <laughs> the game, and we would like to wrap up some of these main storylines before your grandparents and you have to watch your grandchildren play because you can't play anymore. Uh, but it was good to see Metzen back on stage. Hopefully that will lead to good things for the Warcraft franchise. But I kind of got the impression the way he was talking that they were now going kind of like the, the route your Guild Wars 2 has gone, right? Where expansions and updates will be a little more frequent, but they're also going to be a little bit smaller than they may have been in the past. Yeah, that's what it came across as to me, is especially when you're announcing three at once. Uh, you sort of already got it all planned out and kind of know what you're doing, which normally takes years to to plan out and and implement. So it sounds like they're going to be, you know, smaller than what they were. But it sounds like we're going to get an overarching story, which could be fantastic. Uh, could really help instead of just, you know, there's one expansion and you've got that one expansion that one year or two years to build up to the you know the the one big bad and you don't really get to know them and at the end of the day you end up with like a jailer situation where it's like who cares <laughs> jailer situation <laughs> it's like nobody cares <laughs> and so give it some time to build up that's i mean that's why the lich king was so popular that's why arthas is one of the big bads of warcraft and everybody loves him is because you know it was years of, of building up to that and it was you know they, he was previously in another game and you saw his transition to the enemy. And then in World of Warcraft, you know, you were waiting and then you slowly get the teases and then finally you get the build up to the the, the big confrontation. And and it, it looks like like they're trying to do that again, which would be fantastic to to sort of introduce a story where we slowly get introduced to these things yeah. over time instead of just having, oh, by the way, here's the new big bad. Beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the new big bad that they pulled out of nowhere. Yeah. Never heard of before. There was always somebody behind it all. You just didn't know right, about them. Right. Yeah. Uh so, we got we also got the feature uh trailer. So we know about the uh Delves. Delves sounds really interesting to me, Troy. This is right up your my alley. By the way, 
I'm very much enjoying Elder Scrolls uh, Endless Archive. Uh, speaking of Delve-type content. Delves are going to be like open-world, <coughs> excuse me, kind of dungeon-esque adventures for one person or up to a full group of five. They're going to be part of the endgame PvE experience. They're going to get <clears throat> their own category in the Great Vault now. PvP is going away as a category in the Great really? Vault, being replaced with World instead. This, I think this is a brilliant, a really, really good decision, right? PvP players weren't all that thrilled with the Great Vault anyway mm -hmm. um, because they weren't really, the percentage chances of getting the types of gear that you wanted weren't really great. So they're just going to okay. give PvPers more conquest to go buy the gear that they want. And then they're taking PvP out of the Great Vault and putting World in. And World is going to be things like, you know, these delves and stuff like that. So you'll have your, your raids, you'll have your dungeons, and you'll have your World content. So a little more PvE-focused, but I think it actually works for PvPers because it's going to be easier for them to get the gear that they're after anyway. So I think, cool. I think that's a nice touch. Warbands, if Havoc still played, Havoc would be all over Warbands. And 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 most any MMO that doesn't do this should. So Warbands is kind of changing the entire system to make it more alt friendly, right? If you have achievements, mm -hmm. not the account wide achievements, because those already do exist, but all the rest, they're now going to be account wide too. Oh, if nice. if you have rep with a faction, you're good. On your alts. Oh. Your war band is your characters. Troy shaking his head. God. <laughs> yeah, that, that actually is really nice. Yeah, so like you want to buy, <laughs> be able to buy a particular crafting pattern from a, a faction that you need rep, rep with, but you that profession is on your alt. It doesn't matter. If you got there to be able to buy it on your main, then you will be able to buy it on your alts as well. Uh, you can also share items between all of your characters on a single Battle.net account. Ooh. Not server. Single Battle.net yeah. account. That's, wow. Okay. Then there's going to be special Warbound items. These are personal loot items. They're a little lower drop rate, but they can be shared with alternate characters as well. So there, that's not it, by the way. There's more that Warband's done, but it's any... The way to think of it, Troy, is any accomplishment you have in game is now tied to the player, not that specific character, which I think is fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's a nice change. That's the way Guild Wars Two does it. Like once you've accomplished something, you've accomplished it uh, for your account, and you as a player have reached that accomplishment, and not that particular character. So you got to go do it all over again, because you know for some stuff it's okay, but for a, for a lot of things you just want to. You just want to jump on an alt and just be able to go, man, mm -hmm. and and kind of pick up where you, you, you kind of want to play the same thing you were playing on your main. You just want to play it on a different character for just a new, fresh experience. Uh, yes, Takal, that's exactly the way to think of it in 14 terms. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, other integrations here, big ones, transmog. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, transmog. Players on one character to add additional class-specific items that they can't equip can still be added to the transmog collection. So this allows a player on a mage character to collect warrior items and be able to add it to the transmog collection for use on your warrior. Thank Very you. Nice. Thank nice. you. Yeah. Reputations in the War Within will become available for all characters to access through integration with warbands, unlock a recipe on one character, won't be reliant on you gaining the trust of that faction again on an alt. Flight paths. Oh, flight paths. What? Touch a flight path on one character, all characters in your warband can access it. Delves, because there is a companion, kind of like the trust system-esque in Final Fantasy XIV for you, Takao. Uh, you can level up a companion to do the delves with you. If you do that, that NPC is accessible to all characters in your warband, so you don't have to level up multiple companions with each of your characters. Achievements and the login screen. You'll see a selection of your characters on the login screen waiting. You just choose who you want to go with, and boom, your next adventure. Now, I don't want to get too into like the new content the, with like the hero trees. There's going to be some talent trees for the 10 levels we'll get here. We'll have the Earth and Allied race. 
You'll have dynamic flight. If you've been playing Dragonflight, you already know this is going to be an expanded version of that. But you will still have the option to go back to TBC Classic flight controls if you want. A new 10v10 battleground. A ton of interface updates. And finally, cross-realm guilds. You'll be able to recruit new players to your guild freely. Forget what realm they're on. It doesn't matter. Mythic rating is going to be available day one of the expansion. So there's no waiting period for that either. Blizzard said during the WoW panel, uh, Yod, that this was um, more of them trying to remove social barriers that currently exist so players can just jump in and join their friends wherever the hell they are. Which is great, which is one of the issues that I had when I tried logging back in a long time ago is that the new new friends I had were on different servers, and it's like, I can't play with them, or there were barriers or whatever, and yeah, that's great. Removing barriers that they implemented. Let's right. Let, let's, <laughs> let's put that. Let's put that correctly. Not that PR speak that exists. Barriers they implemented. True, they true, are now true. taking back out. True, well, true, yeah, but see, true. some of that was ingrained, and you know, obviously some of the more recent stuff was done for, let's say, less than honest good reasons, right? Forcing payments for faction transfers, server transfers, right. you know, stuff like that. Uh, but even going back, though, right? Like, you look how the game was originally conceived. It was Alliance versus Horde, right? right. And so right away with that type of build, you are causing a split, in, right. you know, you're going to build, uh, if you want to, you're going to build one character on this side, one character on this side. We don't want these two sides working together, so guilds can't be made, parties can't be made. Fast forward 20 years, right? That's archaic. But it wasn't at the right. time, right? Pe I mean, people it, now it just want to be able to jump in and play with their friend. Right, yeah. it was built to the point where you couldn't even type to the other side. Yeah, yeah, it came through in like a emoji stuff. Yeah, hence, pointing at me. <laughs> hence Keck, right? Yeah, Keck. yeah, Keck, 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 Keck. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in here. Hey, Japan. There is, there is, and will it bring I've... back? The thing that bothers me the most probably <laughs> is how good that fucking trailer looked, and then knowing what World of Warcraft looks like. Oh my god! Yeah, they need to upgrade your freaking game engine. <laughs> <laughs> the, the wife and I was saying the same thing. It's like, wow, that looks amazing. Then it, you yeah. know, it went to the features and stuff trailer. It's like, wow, that looked the same yeah. as before. <laughs> uh, you can pre-order now if you are so inclined. I'm showing right now with the Epic Edition some of the things you get in there, including the current expansion, Dragonflight. You get that bad boy for free if you want to do that. I feel like this is all good stuff. I enjoyed um, like raiding in Castle Nathri and stuff, but I haven't felt compelled to play WoW really since probably the the middle to the end of Cataclysm, and then I've just kind of dive in here and there. Uh, yeah, I feel like these three expansions, if they do what I hope they're going to do, Troy, and what you kind of alluded to was, yeah, give these to me smaller, faster and keep a narrative going. There's always a danger in that, right? It might turn somebody off on, I've got to play three expansions to get the full story. Final Fantasy XIV suffers from that an awful lot. You hear people say that all the time. I got to play five expansions, or four, the game and four expansions to get through the whole Silence of the Seventh Dawn story. Well, yeah. I mean, but you don't have to care about the story, but if you do, then yeah. I'm okay with it. I know others might not be. This does have me mildly optimistic. I don't think no. anything from Activision is going to get me excited uh, for a while, but it has yeah. me mildly optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's me. Like, uh, I think these are some positive moves for the game. I'm not chomping at the bit to get back into the game and, you know, waiting for this expansion to drop and holy crap, I can't wait or anything like that. But, you know, the the things, especially like you look at the, the Warband situation and it's something I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's that's one of the things that you could do to get me back. Now, it's going to take more than that. It's going to take better better narrative storytelling over time which it sounds like they're trying to do, uh, but you're going to have to show me. I'm not just going to assume you're going to do it right. Yod? Yeah, implement... <clears throat> excuse me. Implementation is going to be very big on how 
how many people they retain after the initial dro drop of the expansion. And it does look really good. And I gotta admit, every t single time that Metzen came on screen, it makes me want to freaking go back to the game. Every single BlizzCon that he was there, it made me want to start up again. <laughs> I don't know what it is. And I mean, sure, my cat loves him too. He, he jumps on the TV and starts staring at the TV when Metzen starts talking. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was even way back in the Game Breaker days when we were doing uh, stuff like remotely and things like that with the uh, virtual pass. Uh, Q and I would sit sit over here and watch the stream and do stuff with the you know, articles and things like that, and the cat would watch it. But anyways, <laughs> that's the point. Yeah, the, the the expansions look interesting. I like like you. I am cautiously optimistic. They really do need to update that game engine though, because the graphics just yeah, that ain't gonna oh. happen. Yeah, it's happen. not going to happen. That's, that's not going to happen, but I really wish they would. <laughs> uh, Havoc, to answer your question, controller has been natively supported in World of Warcraft since Shadowlands pre-patch, so mm. you, you are good there. Um, you can go and configure it in-game any way you want. On the World of Warcraft classic side, classic will be getting Cataclysm, which just seems a little weird to me given that Cataclysm is what shook up the world to make it look the way it looks now as far as mm -hmm. Eastern Kingdoms and Kalimdor, but whatever. Cataclysm Classic coming in 2024. You'll get the new jobs and everything. They are redoing some things. They weren't super specific about that uh, as far as what they were going to do. Rated Battlegrounds will be back. Heroic Dungeons uh, comes will, being added in Cataclysm. Transmog will be account-wide, so you won't have to worry about that. And then the most interesting thing on the classic front, to me at least, was the season of discovery. The way they're going to do this is when you first start a character, it's like normal World of Warcraft. Once you hit level two, your class trainer is going to give you a quest to search for a rune, right? Runes will be hidden throughout the world. They are not going to be on the PTR. They're not going to be marked on maps or quests or anything. You got to go find these or work with friends or, you know, wait until internet guides are up if you want to do it that way. Uh, but they want the original... They're, the way they're approaching this, they, they said, Yod, you know what? The vanilla world of Warcraft, everybody's figured it out. <laughs> like, everything's mapped. Like, you know yeah. where everything is. Yeah. And because of that, the world starts to feel smaller. We want it to feel bigger again. So here's okay. new features and things, these discoveries that are going to add exploration back into the classic servers. They're not figured out yet. And we're not going to let you PTR them. And we're not, you know, from day one, go find them or wait until somebody has a guide. No beta for it either. And the way they're wow. doing this too, what those runes do is they open up other abilities on classes that maybe never had those abilities. Want a Paladin to be able to taunt, Troy? Sure, let's try it. And the initial level cap's gonna be 25. Periodically, they'll open that level cap up, but that also pivots the end game. So they're gonna be making old dungeons, giving them revamps, and making them feel like end game raid encounters because the level cap will be 25, right, initially. So Black Fathom Deeps becomes a 10-player raid instance instead of a dungeon. Jesus. And then these runes give you, you can pick and mix and enchant them and do extra things with them. You know, what if rogues could tank? What if paladins did have a taunt? Those types of things. So the druids are getting an interrupt and a skull bash. Uh, Fury of Storm Rage, Wild Growth. Hunter's getting Beast Mastery, Explosive Shot, and Lone Wolf. There's a ton of different class abilities. Uh, I kind of dig where this is going. It feels a little like they want to experiment with what the illegal, well, illegal Ascension <laughs> server does. Illegal. And, and they want to do it on their own classic servers. I kind of I kind of dig it. Yeah, it's, it seems pretty cool. It seems like a pretty cool idea, and it's going to be something kind of new and fresh and different kind of shake things up a little bit, which is always a good thing, especially when you're going into cataclysm and, you know, you're looking at something that maybe some, some uh, wow classic folks aren't super excited about. P.S., by the way, Yod, some of the classic cut stuff that we've talked about, like uh, outside Karazhan, the crypts and stuff like that, I don't know yep. specifically, but they did reference, hey, we're going to put some cut material back into the game, oh. too. 
that that ought to be interesting. But I, I could have sworn the paladins used, it had a taunt because you know I just chuck my shield at someone's head and you know, yeah, pro a prop paladin does, but like a rep paladin <laughs> and stuff shouldn't. Uh, that's right, true. That's right. true. <laughs> yeah, I, I did play prot and ret both. BlizzCon of them. felt good this year. Yeah, that's yeah, weird to say because the last few years when they did have it didn't. Mm-hmm. Again, I hesitate to get too excited <laughs> over anything Activision Blizzard does, but I like what I see. And maybe that's that's all I need right now. Maybe that's all I need. I like what maybe, I see. Maybe it's just one small step towards uh, bringing back some players who have been gone for a while. Let's wrap it up with a few... Uh, Quick hits here. Troy, let's sigh once for the day before. What the fuck is going on here? <laughs> they are they are delayed again, but they didn't acknowledge the delay. Instead, they just announced that, oh, by the way, we're starting early access in December. Uh, but they didn't really acknowledge that, hey, this is a delay from the November date that we had initially given for the launch of the game. So day before is uh is delayed again. But it's coming in December. Congratulations. Yeah. For a $39 early access, not launch. By the way, no beta. <laughs> I'm sure early it'll be fine. No, as Mr. Burns said yesterday on Always Online Podcast, do not buy this. Do not buy this. <laughs> do not buy this. Wait until your favorite content creators start streaming it and playing it, and you know exactly what you're getting. Don't buy this on day one. Do not I, I think what I think I said yesterday, the red flags for this game have red flags like yes. that. <laughs> and it has that's for the last bad. year. It has for the last year. Mm. Uh, not so uh, good news on the Call of Duty front, at least, you know, just generally yeah. pissing people off. Take a look at this Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 splash screen. This coming courtesy of uh, Captain Logos on Twitter. Thank you so much for posting a nice picture of it, Captain. Uh, this is a full screen ad to pre-order Call of Duty 3 when you boot up your Xbox system. That feels great. <laughs> Does it go away if you pre-order it? Or do you still get it? No, the way you do it is you change your age settings on it. Because if you're, seven, oh. if you're under 18, it doesn't show up. Because it's a rated nice. mature game. So just a right, tip right. from me to you if you want to do that. By the way, uh, the call if, if it works anything like YouTube does, it doesn't start showing me ads until I'm already either bought or am playing said game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? Why? Like, this is wasted advertising at this point. Like, I'm already playing this. Uh, early access playthroughs of the Modern Warfare 3 campaign, by the way, are noting that it can be completed in three to four hours. So, wow. once again, it's one of those years that if you aren't all in on Modern Warfare's multiplayer don't buy it <laughs> don't buy it on day one at least so that's two size and then we're gonna sigh again yod over silent hill what the hell's going uh, on here oh no that fan base is messed up something about bodily fluids yeah buddy that. I don't want to, you know, go too deep into it, unless you want to go too deep into it, because that, that's short that's version. Beat. Silent Hill Ascension is like an episodic. They wanted to make it feel like it's a streamy thing. It's very mobile. You watch like these little episodes, and you can interact and chat, and almost like it was a Twitch stream and stuff. And it's been airing one of those episodes per day. That's it's free to play with monetization. It's got it's got its own whole reception that we're not enjoying as Silent yeah. Hill fans. But they actually had to shut off chat in it because too many people were talking about cum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I didn't want to set the precedents for saying that on stream. So, uh, <laughs> but yes, that that's it's far enough on, in the fans. show. YouTube won't care. <laughs> come on, fans, let's have a little class. Have a little class. There's no uh, class on the internet. What are you talking about? I'm getting lightheaded from all the sighing, gentlemen. Yeah, what's this other one here? Wizards of the Coast oh. has delayed two different products, and Hasbro's beating a stock is taking a beating because they announced that yes, we're not making sales forecasts. The first delay was the Book of Many Things uh, from the D and D Beyond franchise. Uh, they said that that product didn't meet manufacturing standards. Basically, the run rate 
wasn't good. Things you know, So they're delaying the release. The manufacturing process was introducing too many errors. So that good. physical thing is delayed. Now this, for separate reasons, uh, on the Magic the Gathering uh, website, Wizards issued a similar announcement that the commander decks for the Lost Caravans of Ixalan are having production issues. They're going to be delayed, which means they're going to be limited availability uh, on the release date of November 17th here in the States. And then Hasbro's stock taking a bit of a beating because, yeah, they're not going to make their sales forecast. But in good news, maybe. Maybe. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. The team has said that they are taking RPG cues from Baldur's Gate 3 to make sure they're not taking giant steps backwards. Makes me wonder how far away this game is, if it's there's still time to take influences <laughs> from <laughs> such a new title as Baldur's Gate 3. But maybe it'll be okay. Maybe it'll be okay. Let's go do games of the week. <laughs> Games of the Week is the way we end every episode of Gaming Gumbo here on Ready Check Radio. It's where all three of us are going to recommend a game to you, and you let us know in the comments who gave the best recommendation. Could be a video game, board game, trading card game, mobile game, whatever, something we're playing, have played, or haven't played yet, but think you should check out. Let us know who gave the best one, and if you've got a recommendation for us, that'd be awesome. Throw it in the comments. We appreciate it. Troy, I see you like all pumped and ready and like moving things over there, so I'll go to you first. <laughs> I got to make room for this ginormous box that is oh Western Legends, baby. This is a true sandbox board game. This is, you're in the Old West. You can be an outlaw. You can be the law. You can, <laughs> you can mine for gold. You can go take out bandits. You can rob other players. You can rob the bank. You can go to the saloon and have a good time. Whatever you want to do to gain points in Western Legends, it's your world. You can do it. Uh, this is the last game that we played in the, my last board game night, and we had an absolute blast playing this game. So I definitely recommend Western. It does come in a smaller version that's about yay big. <laughs> but of course, I have to go overboard and get the big box edition with all the expansions and everything in one big box and a fancy organizer that costs as much as the game did initially. But that's okay because I like it. <clears throat> He's not compensating for anything. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you got me going on that. Uh I'm actually I've actually been seeing a lot of stuff on a game called Return to Mordor. Yeah. Or Moria. Return Moria, to Moria. Moria yeah. yeah, Return to Moria where you get to You're play into survival of crafting. Yeah, yeah. And it's not a triple A game. It doesn't pretend to be a triple A game. And from what I've seen, it looks way better than Golem. <laughs> I mean, it runs, so it's already off to a good start. Exactly. <laughs> have you played it? Yet? I have not. I've, I've been I've been wanting to, but I mean, stuff to draw, and then the whole stuff with Destiny came out, and yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you're yeah, a fan I've... of the movies, by the way, the narration and everything is yes. done by John Reese Davies, who played Gimli in the movies. So that's cool too. Yeah. So that is cool too. I'm gonna go with uh, what was it called? Destiny's Divide, Troy. I know you don't like CCGs, but I made you cover it uh, on MMO Bomb the other day. It is in early access. It is free to play. It's very Hearthstoney. Like, don't don't get me wrong. It's definitely got Hearthstone vibes all over it. But they are doing a couple different things to mitigate RNG, which I do like. Uh, obviously, it's a card game. There's always gonna be some elements of RNG. But they're doing some, there's like a shared board where you pick three cards and they pick three cards and I get to ban one of theirs, they ban one of mine. And then those four cards go into a shared board that either of us can use. That's part of your deck building. You pick the color of the mana you want to use and there are certain effects at the end of your turn based on what color you're using. If you have like fire, you get a fire mana every turn. And for any mana you don't spend at the end of the turn, it deals one damage to your opponent's hero. And the heroes themselves don't decide your deck necessarily. You There may be benefits to using certain heroes and card combinations, but any hero can use any card. It's still in early access. It is free to play. It's, it's worth checking out, though, I think. So check it out. And put that Destiny's Divide in the comments below so that I beat both of these jokers. 
Chad, don't, <laughs> Chad, don't go anywhere after the show. We got Torchwick back for a stream. Yeah, not studying this weekend. No, no, not at all. How'd the tests go? You were off last week to study. How'd you do? I wish I knew, but they haven't gone back to me yet. <laughs> so, Well, we are glad to have you back, Torchwick. What are we playing tonight? You know your mother's going to be happy that you're streaming. We're going to be playing Final Fantasy VII, taking it back up where we left off, uh, right in the uh, prison town underneath the gold saucer, because we've been doing great things. Don't question it. Don't question it. Just come on by and watch. Chat, give us a few minutes. We'll take the stream down, relabel everything, we'll come back up. We, of course, will not be back next Saturday for Gaming Gumbo. Remember, no show next week. We will have the Relic Grind uh, and all the normal streamers. We just won't be doing the Gaming Gumbo show. Uh, we'll be back, of course, the following week. So until then, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yod Artworks anywhere to social media, because I grabbed up the title. <laughs> Troy. I'm Noobfridge everywhere, but specifically on twitch.tv slash Noobfridge, where we've been doing a little bit of streaming. A little bit of streaming. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio on Twitter, and you'll know every time we're going live with a podcast, a stream, or we're just hanging out, you're welcome to be there. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Yeah.